Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson Podcast. Today, my full interview with Donald Trump, who says he plans mass deportations of illegal immigrants, likes Democrat candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr., says his AG Jeff Sessions was afraid, his successor Bill Barr terrified of getting impeached. I asked Trump what he would do differently with COVID in hindsight, how many COVID shots he's had, and whether he would pardon Hunter Biden. And with a majority of likely voters saying they worry that cheating will affect the outcome of the 2024 race, Trump is hyper-focused on how to avoid that. In this age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to fight the heavy hand of censorship and support truly independent journalism. Go to CherylAxon.com and click on the store tab for a great way to do that. There are all kinds of fun and functional products designed specifically for independent and free thinkers like you, featuring slogans like, I tested positive for critical thinking, and I need to find some new conspiracy theories, all my old ones came true. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the Ion Awards for off-narrative, accurate reporting. Go to CherylAckeson.com and click the store tab today. You are so far the favorite, of course, to become the Republican nominee. Who do you think you'll be running against? I don't see Biden making it to the gate. I've been watching him. He can't put two sentences together. Uh, he's having a hard time. And... I don't see it. I don't see it. But maybe I'll run against him. I'd like to run against him, but I wouldn't mind uh, some others also. Who do you think it might be? Uh, well, probably the same five people that they talk about all the time. You know, usually it works out that way. And it's probably going to, I think it's probably going to be Biden, believe it or not. But uh, such a bad job he's doing for our country. He's destroying our country. A Rasmussen poll just found that one in three Democrats said they might vote for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Hmm. if he were to leave the Democrat Party and run as an independent. Pretty big number. What do you think about a third-party candidate, particularly RFK Jr.? Well, I don't know. I'd have to look at a little bit at the polling. You know, they do polling on that stuff, which, and I'm sort of a fan of polling, especially lately because we're leading everybody, including Biden, by a lot. Um, I like him a lot. I've known him for a long time. He's uh, very much a libertarian in a certain way, and I think uh, I have certain qualities along those lines, too, if you want to know the truth. Uh, I think he's, you know, I think they're really treating him badly. If you, He's doing okay. He's not doing, look, he's at 11 or 12 percent against Biden, which isn't, you know, so great, but it's, it's okay. But they're treating him so badly, what they're making him go through. And I don't know if he gets to the gate because they're almost making it that he's not going to be able to, you know, they're not going to count his votes. They basically are unbelievable election cheaters. That's what they do better than anybody. That's about the only thing they do well. But they're giving him a hard time. So we'll see. If he runs as an independent, I don't know. I think he'd do fine. Do you see any scenario where you would work with him? I, I asked him the question about you. And he had some nice things to say about you, but yeah. also said he thinks you have different leadership styles. He doesn't see running with you, but yeah. a lot of people suggested that'd be a good ticket. Look, I could see having something to do with him into the future. You know, I, I think uh, I like him. 
you know, I've, I've known him a long time. I've really known him. He was a big environmentalist with the Hudson River and with all this. And he actually uh, came against me on one or two deals that I was doing, big projects. And he was, you know, from the environmental standpoint, but he was more reasonable than some. Uh, I've always gotten along with him pretty well. He said, he said that Biden better practice up in the debates. He was very complimentary about my debating skills. I don't know if he's right or wrong, but he gave me a lot of good compliments. We'll see what happens with him. He's got a hard time going with the Democrats because they're really, they're making it so that if he gets votes, they're not even going to count them. I've never seen anything like that one. Well, speaking of that, 56% of likely voters say they think it's likely that cheating will affect the 2024 presidential election, according yeah. to a Rasmussen Reports Pretty sad. survey. Do you think that's the case? And if so, what's changed since 2020 that will make your outcome, in your view, different? I think the Republicans uh, learned a lesson. If you look at, and by the way, that's of all voters. Is that right? Is that yes, of all likely voters? voters okay, yep. well, because of the Republican voters, it's in the 80s that think the election was rigged. I mean, literally rigged, as opposed to just pure cheating. Yeah, they're going to try and cheat. They'll probably cheat. The way you win is by swamping them. They cheat, and nobody's ever seen anything like it. But uh, I believe that we have something happening now that is very strong, in addition to having safeguards that nobody ever even thought about when we ran in 2020. Because, you know, we did much better in 2020 than we did in 2016. A lot of people don't know that, Cheryl. We got 63 million votes, and then we got almost 75 million votes. And that's very unusual for a president. Usually they go down the second. I mean, And second that was term. more than any sitting president in history. No American sitting president. president has ever come close. And no sitting president's ever gotten anywhere near that number of votes up from the first election. Uh, oftentimes, like with Obama, he got far fewer votes the second time, but he won. But he got far fewer votes. I got, I was told that if I get the 63 million we got the first time, there's nobody that can beat you. And we got much more. And uh, look, I don't know how your network feels about it, how your people feel about it. And you can cut it out if you want. We had a rigged election. Very, very simply, we had a rigged election. My network doesn't have any feelings about cutting something Good. out. Then like you'll that. leave it. Good. I like that better. On Weaponization and censorship, weaponization of our federal yep. agencies, big issue for many people. Yep. Former Director of National Intelligence Clapper and former CIA Director Brennan have been named to some new advisory group under yep. Homeland Security called the Homeland Intelligence Experts Group. These are two men who were drivers behind the disinformation on Russia collusion story yep. and behind disinformation on the Biden laptop. What do you make of this development? Well, they want to try and cheat again. I believe that they will try to cheat. Uh, they can't help it. Look, how do you get elected on open borders where millions of people are pouring into your country? You have no idea who they are. But you do know many come from jails, many come from mental institutions, and many are terrorists. Okay, you know that because you see that. Every week you see that. They give you accountings. We have prisoners. We have mental people from mental institutions, insane asylums coming in, terrorists coming in. How do you win? How do you win when you raise taxes at a level that nobody's ever seen before? How do you win when you have interest rates that are starting to break records and you can't buy a house anymore? How do you win when you have a woke military and you have Afghanistan, which I think was the most embarrassing withdrawal anybody's ever seen any time? This was the most embarrassing moment in the history of our country. I believe this was probably the lowest point in the history of our country. He's been the worst president 
in history. He's the most incompetent, and he's the most corrupt president we've ever had. We've never had a president like this. This is a corrupt man, and this is an incompetent man. And it's very interesting. Out of respect for the office, I never said that. I would never say that out of respect. But when they indicted me over challenging an election, over nonsense, they indicted me. I said, oh, well, now the gloves are off. They did something that was unthinkable. Now, in banana republics, you see it, and you see it in third world countries. But in this country, who would ever think? In fact, people would say just the opposite. It could never happen. Nobody believed. To this day, they don't believe it. And when they did that, I can now say just how I feel. But out of respect for the office, I wouldn't have done it. He's grossly incompetent. He can't put two sentences together. I just saw him with Zelensky. He's almost falling asleep prior to giving him whatever they want. Hundreds of millions and billions of dollars, billions. One thing about that, why at some point doesn't he say Europe is in for 25 billion and we're in for 200 billion? What's that all about? So the U.S. has committed, had committed more than $43 billion in security assistance, such as weapons and munitions to Ukraine. Yeah. Congress approved $113 billion. President Biden approved or is asking for $24 billion more. A CNN poll found a majority of Americans, 55%, say Congress should not authorize more funds for Ukraine. Where do you stand on the money issue for Ukraine? Well, I stand on a very simple issue. I want that war stopped. That war would never have started. Putin would have never done it with me as president. And he didn't do it for four years. This was He lined up those troops after I was gone. He would have never done it, ever. And I'm saying what I want is I want the death to stop. Not Russia, not Ukraine, some, that the CNN thing that you talked about a little while, they had this town hall and she said, are you on the side of Ukraine? Are you on the side of Ukraine? I'm on the side of having people stop being killed. And those numbers are much bigger than they're telling you. You know, when an apartment house that's two blocks long and 20 stories high comes down and they say nobody was hurt, you know that's a lie. The numbers are far worse than anybody knows. I want the death to stop. It should have never started. It would have never, ever started. As sure as you're sitting there, it would have never started. And I would speak to Putin about that a lot. It was the apple of his eye. There was no question about it. I said, you're not going to do it, because if you do it, the consequences. And I told him what the consequences were. And he said, you would never do that. I said, oh, you better not, you better not try me. I will do it. And he probably didn't believe me, but he believed me 10%. And he wouldn't have done it. But you know, he wouldn't have done it for another reason. I had oil at $40 a barrel. He wouldn't have been able to afford it. When oil went up to $115, and now it's going to be close to $100 right now again. Here we go again. Uh, gasoline's $5 a gallon. Here we go. Uh, he makes so much money. It's for prosecuting a war. You know, usually a war, you a lot of bad things happen, but you also lose a lot of money. He's making, he's making a fortune. I would have never had the oil above $40 a barrel. And if it's not above $40 a barrel, he can't afford the war. So number one, he wouldn't have done it because of me. Just wouldn't have done it. It wouldn't have happened. You didn't even have to bring up the oil situation. But because of the oil price, uh, it was, you know, it was something that he had plenty of money to do. And now he has it again because we're up so high. You know, if you take a look at what's happening with oil, it's going up rapidly again, very rapidly. Back to the weaponization for just a minute of the, of the intel community and yeah. federal agencies. This week at a House Judiciary Committee meeting, 
uh, Congressman Massey said something like, Elon Musk was a Democrat who admitted supporting Biden but became a critic and exposed the censorship, regi censorship regime. Now the DOJ has opened two investigations of Elon Musk. These look like mafia tactics. And then Musk tweeted or X'd that, meanwhile, many actual crimes, some of great significance, go unpunished, not even investigated, something is rotten. A lot of Americans do think there is a dual system of justice that yeah, they're witnessing in many yeah, cases. Yeah. How do you attack something, if that's true, that's that deeply rooted and big? You can't just, I think, go into office and make a couple of changes or even try to make big changes when you're facing opposition in these yeah. agencies. So you need great people. I had great people, but I had some bad ones too. Bill Barr was a stiff. Uh, and Sessions didn't do the job. He was afraid. Barr was afraid of being impeached. He became terrible because he was so afraid of being impeached. He would sit and say, they want to impeach me. I said, what's wrong with that? They impeached me twice. My numbers went up. My numbers actually went up very substantially. And then I got indicted four times. Nobody's ever been four times. I don't think they'd let it happen again because the numbers went up. This is a great honor. It's never happened. When you get indicted, your numbers go down. I got indicted. My numbers went up substantially because the American people know it's a fake indictment. These aren't indictments. This isn't God coming down saying, we're going to do something because you did bad. This is a Biden indictment because I'm leading him by a lot, and he can't win the election because he's, I mean, the worst, I think the worst record anybody's ever seen. And so they say, so they do this. But you do have, you have a dual system of justice. But when you look at case, what happened. How do, you, how do you attack that? Well, first of all, when you look at what happened with Hunter, with that deal that this brilliant judge figured out very quickly, but she figured it out, you attack it by getting great people. You have to have great people. So when, and I, you and I had this discussion once before. When I went to Washington, I was only there 17 days of my entire life. I wasn't a Washington person. I was a New York person. I didn't go much. I went to build a hotel. I built a hotel that worked out great on Pennsylvania Avenue. It was beautiful. It worked out really nice, but that was primarily why I went. I didn't go to Washington very much, very, very rarely. So I didn't know the people of Washington. Now I know, and I put people in there that in many cases were good, in many cases were great, and in some cases were terrible. And now I know the people. I had to rely on, in some cases, rhinos to give me, you know, who would you put here, who would you put there, give me some names. I wouldn't have used those names knowing what happened. So I've been down there very intensely for four years plus, you know, really plus a lot. And I know everybody. I know the good ones, the bad ones, the weak ones. I know the dumb ones and I know the smart ones. I know them all. And we're going to have the greatest people ever assembled. This is great. And I know them, and I know some of them under fire, which is, you know, which is under pressure. Haven't a lot of them been scared away or at least intimidated from serving with you or doing something with you because of yeah. the history? Everybody wants to be involved with me. You know, it's funny. I always read, lawyers don't want to, you know, represent. They all want to represent because they want to be Perry Mason, because they want to be famous. They all want to represent. And I've had great lawyers, frankly. You know, I've been, look, I've won. I've won. Now i got to go through more. Again, if I weren't running, I wouldn't be going through indictments right now. There would be no indictments. For what? Because I challenge an election? All the Democrats challenged my election. Hillary Clinton did. All of them did. She conceded at 3.02 in the morning. And yet, you know, two weeks later, she was challenging the election. 
But many of the Democrats, the same people that criticize us, you had the unselect committee of political thugs. Those people, and by the way, they destroyed all the findings. They destroyed all the evidence. Nobody even talks about it. You know, they put out a small notice, little notice by Thompson. They destroyed all the evidence. They did something that's so illegal because the evidence was very bad for them, but they actually destroyed it. But when you, when you look at all of the things that I've gone through, uh, we've had some, we've just had incredible success. Look, largest tax cuts in history, larger than the Reagan tax cuts, largest regulation cuts in history, and that's in four years. Largest regulation cuts. Uh, we took out ISIS. We, we had the greatest economy in history. We had no inflation. We had the strongest border in history. We built Space Force. We rebuilt our military. We did things that nobody thought would, and I could add, I think there are over a thousand things that we did of great significance. And we printed a book on it. But just some of those things, nobody's done that. Very few people have done that. And to do that, you need good people. Look, I know the best people. I know the toughest and the smartest people. Can I name to any, do any what people you, you would rely on in a second administration that uh, you know you can count yeah, on? Yeah, sure. I, I think I have some. Now, with that being said, you never really know because some people disappoint you. I have people I could name them. Someday I'll name them in the book. It'll be a good seller that I can tell you. But I've had some people that I thought were going to be great. They didn't turn out to be great. I've had others that I didn't think would be very good, and they turned out to be fantastic. I mean, I've had some surprises. You do get surprised. This is true with every president. This is true with every company. You have people that step up, and you have people that don't. And sometimes you don't expect somebody to do as well, and they turn out to be superstars. Other times you think somebody's a superstar, they turn out to be a stiff, like Barr, and like some others. But overall, we had some tremendous success. On the border, Millions of people have come in since you left office yeah, illegally. Yeah, very sad. I did a report in 2018 based on General Accountability Office and FBI figures that said the illegal immigrant population was about one in 30 Americans, or people in the United States at the right. time, but accounted for at least one in five prison inmates at great expense. I understand moving forward you would plan to reinstall some of the border controls that you had if you were elected again. Yeah, all of them. But how do we deal with, or do we deal with, the millions that have come in since? Do we just let that go, or is there a practical way to deal with it? No country can sustain what we're sustaining right now. No country is rich enough. Number one, we owe $35 trillion in debt, and COVID really set us back. You know, we were drilling. We became energy independent under me. We were soon going to be energy dominant. We were going to be selling oil and gas to, we were going to make so much money. We were selling it to Europe. We we're going to sell it all over the world. We we're going to reduce our debt and lower taxes still further, even beyond what I got. But when you look at what happened and you look at the people that came in, you, there's nobody, no country can sustain that. This country can't sustain that. And these are people, in many cases, when you say 5%, uh, a large percentage of these people are from prisons, from mental institutions, from insane asylums, which is mental institution uh, multiplied by 10. They've taken out the people in their mental institutions and brought them into the United States. Thank you very much. They've taken out all the people from their prisons. You go into South America and far beyond South America, and you'll see prisons that were teeming with people 
empty, totally empty. There was an article I read the other day. It was amazing, actually. It was a man who was in charge of a uh, mental institution in South America. And he was reading the newspaper, and they were interviewing him, talking to him. What are you doing? And he said, you know, all my life I worked 28 hours a day. I worked longer than 24. I worked all my life I worked, and now I have nothing to do. Why? Because the patients that I worked with have all been let go. They've been taken out of the hospital, and they've been uh, dumped into the United States of America. This is what we have. It's a far greater problem than anybody understands. And Biden just lets it keep continuing. You know, the rulers, the, the presidents, generally they call them the dictators, call them whatever you want, but the heads of a lot of these countries, of all of these countries, they're very street smart people. They don't want to have people in their prisons costing them a fortune. Some of them are in there for life. Some will be executed. Some are killers, many are killers. Why should they do that? It's an enormous course, cost. Why would they do that when they can dump them right into the United States of America? And they'll never go back because they tell them, you come back, you're going to be executed within 24 hours. We can't talk that way. So how do you deal with those, or do you deal with those? You have to get them out. Here? You have to deport. How? You have to deport. You know who did it? You know who did it? You have a mass program to you identify have a mass, You have to have a mass deportation program. That's right. And you know what? When you say that, everyone's going to stop coming. You know, one of the reasons I was successful is they knew it was going to be very, very hard to come in because when I was elected, I said, we're not going to have anybody coming in illegally into our country. And we went through a long period of time where that statement really resonated, and it resonated strongly. Then we built almost 500 miles of wall. We built... Tremendous. We had tremendous success with the wall. Now, we couldn't get it from the Senate with Mitch McConnell, even though he lied to me. He said, I'll, we'll approve it next year, and then he didn't do it. I took it out of the military. But we built almost 500 miles of wall. We had another 200 miles constructed. All it had to be is, is uh, implemented. All it had to do is installed. It was laying there, ready to be installed. would have taken three to four weeks, and we would have added 200 miles I said I was going to do 500, almost 500, and we did it. Then we found certain other areas where you needed it. It was all built and could have been done three to four weeks, and that's when I realized they want to have open borders because they didn't do it. They refused to put it up, and in fact, they moved it, and they're going to try and sell it for, like, pennies on the dollar. It's a horrible thing that's happened. What they're doing to the country, to our country, they're destroying our country, Cheryl. No, no but look. When somebody cheats on elections like that, they can't be stupid people, okay? These people are trying to destroy our country. When you look at the scenes, uh, which aren't covered, by the way, by the fake news media, because you turn on to ABC and CBS and you, uh, uh, NBC, they're not covering this tragedy. This is a tragedy. This is perhaps the worst thing ever to happen to our country. We have millions of people occupying our country, it's an invasion. Many of these people are also sick. They've never been inoculated. They've got lots of problems. They have disease. Terrible thing to say. They have disease. Everybody knows it. And it's going to spread. And if something's not done about this, and it's got to be done fast, people don't know this. Dwight Eisenhower was very big on deportation. Did you know that? No. He was very, very big. It's, it'll be an interesting story. Uh, he was very strong on 
having people that are not citizens of our country not be in our country. And he deported thousands and thousands of people. And they deported them just over the border. And that didn't work because they'd walk back. They actually ended up taking them 2,000 miles away and deported them. Eisenhower was tough on it. But we, it's, this isn't like we have a choice. We have to. Number one, we start with the criminals. And we'll know. You know, the police forces that we have are incredible, but they're not allowed to do their job. We're going to have the police forces. They know the bad ones, the gang members. We have gang members in our country that use knives, not guns, because knives are more painful and slower. Where they cut up two beautiful young 16-year-old girls in Long Island, MS-13. They sliced them up and killed them both. And they got great pleasure out of that. This is what we have in our country now. We moved out, as you know, thousands of people, thousands of gang members, thousands and thousands. And we had a problem because Obama, when he was president, didn't do anything about that. And when they, what happened is when you moved them and you want to bring them back to Guatemala, you want to bring them back to El Salvador, wherever they, Honduras, where a lot of them came, a lot of the gang members, they would put planes on the runways, big planes, so you couldn't land. So they'd turn around, come back. They'd block up the roads with the buses, so they'd turn around, come back. We weren't able to bring any prisoners, any of these gang members, or many of them were in prison. We couldn't bring any of them back. I called up, I said, let me ask you, how much do we give these countries in terms of aid? 750 million. Tell them as of effective immediately. They're not getting any aid. I cut it all off. The following morning, I got a call from the heads of the three, separately, heads of the three countries that we were talking about. And they said, President, do you have a problem? Is there anything we can do? I said, yeah, you're not taking back people that you sent to us. And if you don't take them back, you're not getting anything. And they said, but we would be delighted to take them back. This went on for 10 years. You couldn't get anybody brought back to the country. We brought them back by the thousands, thousands. ICE is unbelievable, the job that ICE did. I mean, these are rough people. These are people that are as rough as you get. These are real serious criminals. We took them out by the thousands, and we're going to have to do that again. On COVID, with the benefit of hindsight, what would you do differently? So what happened is that we got hit with something that got everybody by surprise all over the world, uh, including China. And I heard about it. It was very interesting. I had a uh, meeting with pollsters because we were starting to think about running again. And they said, sir, if Abraham Lincoln, this was a day before I heard about, the first time I heard the word the China virus or whatever you want to call it. But they said two great pollsters, uh, Fabrizio, who you know, and John McLaughlin were in my office. They said, sir, if George Washington and Abraham Lincoln came back from the dead, and they were going to run as president and vice president. They could not come close to beating you. You are, you are leading this thing by so much you can't. It was like a short meeting. I said, oh, that's nice. OK, good. And that's why, because the economy was roaring. Everything was so good. And even the radical left was calling. They wanted to get together. I mean, the country was actually coming together. The following day, I was told there was going to be a meeting. Something bad is happening in China. And I said, what could that be? Because, you know, when you think about, like, the plague or whatever you want to call it, you think of that as being an ancient thing that just couldn't happen with all of the medicines that you have today. A thing like this could never happen. And they said thousands of people are dying in China. 
people don't realize, you know, they don't talk about it in China. They don't tell you. And you know where it was? It was right around the Wuhan lab. That's why I've always said it was the Wuhan lab that caused it, not some, not some bat cave 2,000 miles away. Thousands of people are dying. And I immediately, almost immediately, closed off all people coming from China into our country. We saved tens of thousands of lives. You were criticized but, for that at the oh, time. Oh, I was criticized, some. yeah. I was criticized by Nancy Pelosi, Crazy Nancy. I was criticized by a lot of Democrats. Uh, but I felt it was the right thing to do. Actually, we had uh, 11 people in the room at the time. And I was the only one that wanted to do it. I made the right decision. In fact, a number of my biggest enemies said he saved hundreds of thousands of lives by doing that. But they did go into Italy. You saw that disaster. They went into Italy, and they went into France, and they went into a lot of places really infected. Spain really, really infected. So nobody knew what it was, but it wasn't a good thing. And, you know, we were dealing with something that was very, uh, very mysterious. And was this going to go away right away? What I did do, the Federalist system, I let the governors run their states as this progressed. And some Republican governors did a very good job. Uh, South Carolina, you look at the job that Henry did. He's a terrific governor. Uh, if you look, uh, you could look at South Dakota. You could look at Tennessee. Uh, frankly, Georgia did a good job. We had a lot of, a lot of states did a very good job. A lot, meaning like I would say 10. Uh, the Democrats did almost uniformly a very, very poor job. They locked everything down. They closed. They didn't have to, because I didn't put a lockdown provision. It was up to the governors. That's Federalist, and that's the way it's supposed to be. And some did a very good job. But what we did, incredible. We got the gowns. We got goggles. We did the ventilators. We did therapeutics, uh, Regeneron, and a lot of things happened very, very fast. And I think that when people say, because they all give me credit for having done a great economy and a lot of other things, and we defeated ISIS, we took out the worst killers in the world, you know that, I don't have to mention it, we took out the worst, the worst people, and we did a fantastic job with the military. We didn't have an Afghanistan problem, Afghanistan, we didn't lose a man, we didn't lose a soldier in 18 months they didn't kill. You know, they were killing a lot of soldiers with Obama, snipers, and I called ahead and I said, listen, don't do it again, anybody. We went eight after that. We went 18 months without losing a soldier in Afghanistan. We were respected, and the leader was respected. We were respected. But what happened is that I would say that I've gotten really good marks, and I should have gotten good marks in that, but I never did. You know, we made ventilators for the entire world, and we had none. We had very few ventilators. It was a you know, something that very few people knew about. We brought in some brilliant people from, actually from Silicon Valley, and we made thousands and thousands of ventilators, got, it, got that in old auto plants, where these are old plants, and we opened them up, and we built ventilator factories, and we supplied them all over the world, and they were the best, the best there was. We did a great job. I never was given the credit for having done a great job. But all of the governors that did a good job, and most of them will say that we made it possible for them to succeed. With that being said, it was a horror show because this thing was so, so bad. And your next question is going to be, do you think they did it on purpose? I actually think it was just gross incompetence. It escaped the lab. 
It escaped the lab. But the COVID or China virus or whatever you want to call it, what a horrible thing. I think it was $50 trillion of damage and millions and millions of lives all over the world. Uh, there's rarely been anything like it. Would Dr. Fauci be your top White House advisor if you could do it again? No, but I didn't rely on him that much. Don't forget, he was a person that didn't believe in masks, all of a sudden became a radical masker. I would say the country was listening to him. Maybe I'm not it sure what be. your relationship was, but the it rest of the be. country was really relying yeah, on him. It could be. Uh, you know who was listening to him is Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, is, if you go back to those times, he said, oh, Dr. Fauci's the greatest guy alive. We take all of our advice from Dr. Fauci. So he was there for many years. He was respected when he was, you know, I mean, he did a job, and he was respected, and it would be normal that you'd listen to him for a period of time. But I, I never really put him in that position. Uh, who did is Biden. When I left, Biden gave him everything. And we left a very clean slate, a very beautiful slate for Biden. And they didn't, they weren't really able to take advantage of it. We're going to see what happens now, but they weren't able to take advantage of it. How many shots and boosters have you had? Uh, I've had a shot and I've had a booster. So the original two series? The original series, yeah, I guess it was two. And then a booster, then a booster. shortly thereafter? No, uh, I had a booster probably a year after. Okay. Are you going to get the new booster? I don't know, but I, I can tell you, it had no impact on me other than I didn't get, I had COVID, but I felt I wasn't particularly sick. Some people said, oh, you know, maybe. I didn't want to. It was I reported didn't, you were about to die. It wasn't, well, <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel that way, no. Well, good. Um, and also, have you had COVID just the once that you know of? Once, yeah. Once that the you one know. time. Okay. A um, couple of general questions. Is there an important thing you've learned since leaving office that you didn't know then that you can? describe? So, it's an interesting question. It's all about people. Uh, some people are so terrific and some people are less terrific. Uh, you learn about loyalty, you learn about the loyal people, you learn about the great people, the bad people. You know, you learn a lot. Um, I think just in looking back, it, it was such an amazing experience. We did, we did, there are people that you read about saying we had one of the most successful administrations in history. When you look at the economy and the tax cuts and the whole thing, it was the jobs. We set records on jobs. Nobody's ever had anything like this. African-American, Asian-American, Hispanic, men, women, uh, MIT diplomas, and people without a diploma from high school. Everybody was working. We had an amazing, we had an amazing administration, and I think that's why our poll numbers are so good right now. People want that back. When they see this gross incompetence, and that's all you can call it, gross incompetence, the only thing you don't know, are they doing it on purpose? I mean, how could anybody say, I read yesterday where Biden was saying, no, the border's coming along wonderfully, and thousands of people are pouring through the border, as he's saying it, thousands and a day, a day. And he's talking about the border. I don't. And he hasn't even been to the border. Think of it. You have a president, and this is our. This is a national tragedy that's going on. Also, it's very dangerous. And he finally visit one time in the last. I don't think so. I don't think he went. I don't think she went either. She was in charge. He has never gone there. And how about serving? If you serve again, a non-consecutive term, 
versus a consecutive term? What would be the difference? Is there a benefit, do you think? So I think this would be the biggest thing in political history. I think that the, it would have been nice to do it the other way. And the way I look at it, I won the first time and I did better the second time. We did much better. I mean, getting millions and millions more votes. But I'll tell you the, the one thing that's interesting, why this is probably more important, because we've learned how bad they are. And I actually think you can do things now that you wouldn't have been able to do if you went politically, if you went through a second, you know, normal kind of a sequence. It's so bad out there. The crime is so bad. You look at stores where hundreds of kids, wise guys, run into a store and they just walk out carrying everything and do tremendous damage and kill people inside the store, by the way, and kill people. You see it. I've never seen anything like it, the crime. Um, so I think that they're so bad, they did so poorly, that I actually think you can probably do things uh, that you wouldn't have been able to do, maybe politically speaking, uh, if you just had consecutive terms. Some Republican candidates have said they would pardon you if they are elected. Would you pardon Hunter if need be, if he's convicted? I'd rather not say that. I'd rather not talk about it because it's, you know, it's a very negative subject for, for the family. I don't look, you know, I said when I heard that they, this judge was incredible, by the way, the way she was able to figure out this scheme. You know, you talk about two tiers of justice. But it's just something I don't think it's appropriate to talk about. I can say this, and I said it the other day. People didn't realize. I said that uh, there were people that told me we're dealing with fascists. We're dealing with horrible people, horrible people. Look, the Russia thing was a hoax. Then they had the Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. It was all a hoax. They had the, a phone call, which turned out to be absolutely perfect. What I said turned out to be true, actually. I mean, beyond perfect. It turned out everything I said in that phone call, which was mostly to congratulate Zelensky for winning, turned out to be true. But I was told, because of the horrible people that we're dealing with, Nancy Pelosi, Adam Shifty Schiff, these are horrible people. These are horrible human beings. I was, said, I was told, give myself a pardon, because they'll come at you for something. And they were right, and I thought they might do that, especially if I ran. If I ran, I think if I didn't run, they're, you know, they're thinking about somebody else. But if I ran, and I intended to see what was going to happen and run, I was, it was not a thought that you know, passed my mind. What happens is I was told by some smart people, give yourself a pardon, you'll save yourself a lot of problems. I can't do that. I said I can't do that. Uh, psychologically, I, I did nothing wrong. Uh, I have... I think it'll go down as a, a great administration because of all of the things we did. Even Space Force is turning out to be so successful now. Space Force is a very big thing. Russia and China were taking over space, and we had nothing. We just started, and it's become very successful. Um, I said, I don't want to do that because that implies that I did something wrong. I did nothing wrong. Do you worry that you might go to prison? No, I don't really worry about You don't think that'll it. happen? I don't think so, no. I did nothing wrong. I mean, I did nothing wrong. They have me. First of all, Presidential Records Act on the box says it's not even criminal. They don't even like to mention that, the words, but it was presidential on the box. I did nothing wrong. And on the other, they're, they're trying to get me for protesting an election, for saying that this election, take a look at the stats, take a look at the figures, take a look at what we found, such, such horrible things including simple things like legislatures didn't approve the election, like the 51 agents uh, that 
were uh, told what to do by the FBI and all of the different things. Such, uh, you look at Twitter files where the FBI was running, virtually running and doing what they were doing. But you look at all of the corruptness and then you look at the 2000 mule situation where they have tens of thousands of votes where they're scamming the votes, they're scamming them. They're, what they did was just horrible. It's all on tape, by the way. No, it was a rigged election, it was a shame, and uh, I have every right to talk about it. And by the way, the Democrats talked about this, and they, they've been talking about it for years, and so have Republicans. And because I bring up an election, they think that's a criminal act, that would mean virtually every Democrat in Congress right now, because almost all of them, would have to go to prison. It's the most ridiculous thing. It's a very unfair situation. But I had the chance to, and I, you know, I could have done it, pardoned myself, and I said, under no circumstances would I do that, because that would imply I did something wrong, and they did something wrong. You know, the sad part is, the election was rigged, and they don't go after the riggers, they go after the people that want to find justice. It's incredible. And then they call you conspiracy theorists and all that stuff, and they laugh all the way to the bank. It's a horrible thing. Mr. President, thank you. Thank you very much. Introducing Whipped Seafoam Body Butter by Sirene Cosmetics. Hi, I'm Star, owner of the Lemonade Mermaid. Enriched with the nourishing powers of cocoa butter, mango butter, and shea butter, our body butter whisks you away to a world of deep hydration. Experience the essence of the sea with every application as this whipped delight leaves your skin refreshed, replenished, and ready to conquer the day. Visit thelemonademermaid.com and make your skin sing with the magic of the sea. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that if you did, you'll leave us a great review, subscribe, and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours. And now you can support independent journalism causes by visiting CherylAckeson.com and clicking on the store tab. There are some thought-provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers like you, such as products with the slogan, I need to find some new conspiracy theories. All my old ones came true. Proceeds benefit independent reporting causes. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.